insurance agents from around the world. Hey, guys, this is Scott Howell with the Insurance Guys podcast, and I protect insurance. I am proud to announce our 2023 title sponsor, Hawksoft. Guys, I, I did not need a script for this one. I can talk about Hawksoft all day long. Started in 1995 by Mr. Paul Hawkins. He and his family started as one of the very first agency management systems designed by an insurance agent specifically to improve productivity and workflows in your agency. And by the way, guys, still today in 2023, a privately held company means a lot to me, should mean a lot to you. Hawksoft's commercial and personal lines insurance platform is intuitive, it's efficient, and built to be customized to your independent agency's process, not the other way around. With a wide range of core features included in their base package, plus a host of API partner integrations that allows agents to customize their technology stack. That is exactly what we've done in our agency at iProtect Insurance. Guys, I don't even need to talk about their customer service because there's nobody, as far as vendors go, with independent agents. In my opinion, there is nobody that comes close to Hawksoft's customer experience and their customer service. Period. End of story. Full stop. They stand behind their promise. Your investment in Hawksoft will pay for itself in the very first year. Here's what I need you to do, guys. Go to www.hawksoft.com forward slash insurance guys or email them sales at hawksoft.com. Find out why I protect insurance, why we use and love the Hawksoft agency management system, and be sure to mention the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care. Hey guys, it's Bradley. I want to tell you about Ascend. Ascend is not just another premium finance company. Ascend will solve all of your agency bill problems through automation of invoicing, premium financing, carrier payables, all the way to the end of the workflow. There's a lot of hidden costs with how you're doing business today. AMSs, CRMs can spend more than half the day chasing down payments, following up on non-pays, getting signatures for financing docs. This leads to an overworked, overwhelmed, unhappy team. And guys, you want your team to be happy. Industry's hard enough as it is. We really need them to be happy. As your agency grows, this issue gets worse and worse, and we typically solve the problem with a little bit of software, but a ton of manpower still involved. With Ascend, you can use a software-first solution and just need a little bit of manpower, allowing you to grow without significant increase in overhead. Ascend automates all of these repetitive payment processes so your team can get back to helping your clients. With Ascend, we've seen non-payment cancellations in our agency go down up to 95%. Teams save more than 20 hours per month when they work with Ascend and an average of a 75% decrease in payment-related customer questions. Guys, if people aren't calling your office with questions, you have more time to sell and grow your agency. Visit useascend.com backslash insurance, guys. Guys, Ascend makes agency bill as easy as direct bill, but you keep all of the benefits of agency bill the best of both worlds. Thanks, guys. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, powered by Hawksoft. God, I love Hawksoft. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services. 
based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome. He is a six foot three sophomore from Mobile, Alabama. Parade first team All-American rivals five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott. How are you today? Best I've ever been. Bradley, I got a story to tell. Okay. I've not told this story yet. It is a very... Do you plan the stories out when we're doing these, uh, or is it just what comes to you in that moment? I've, Um, I've wondered that over the last few days. I will, on my drive down here for nearly six hours, think Think about four or five stories, and then I just write down like this story, that story, this story, that story. Gotcha. So I'll I'll tell everybody a quick story real quick. So Sometimes I don't. We're on our way to lunch yesterday, Uh and Scott has a microphone, like a newscaster looking microphone it's a a karaoke karaoke microphone in his car and i'm like man you got a microphone over here for doing karaoke and he's like yeah because i got a harmonica too and reaches on the other side and pulls out a harmonica Mm. and i can only and which you played very well i I might i might say i can only see you driving down the road and that van you drive has autopilot and you're just sitting there playing the harmonica like your old cowboy on the trail you know that's it so bradley we've got a new family member at the house my wife and i had a baby I saw that. Congratulations. Uh, about a 12-pound Bernadoodle. Okay. Her name, and I actually wrote it down wrong on Twitter the other day. Her name, when I made the birth announcement, her name is Veda V, Veda, Veda Blue Howell. Okay. And people are like, well, why did you get that dog? I, I haven't told anybody this except a couple people that I was on a Zoom call when it happened. But my wife had the most beautiful mini horse named blue jeans and uh one of the prettiest little miniature horses that you've ever seen in your life she got pregnant and about a month before she was going to give birth she got uh i believe it's called colic mm. with horses and that is not good mm. she we we are lucky enough to have a large animal vet that lives a driver away from our house probably 450 yards from our house Mm-hmm. He comes over, picks her up, takes her to his place. She gets to feeling better. I go over there. Kim was going over there every day to visit with her while he was taking care of her. And that was on a Thursday. Well, I'd gone over there Sunday with her to, you know, just pet her and let her go out and eat a little bit of grass. And I thought she looked great. I thought, well, she'll be back home with us in a day or two. The next day I'm on a Zoom call with Daniel Song and Ciara. Mm. Uh, what's Ciara's last name? I, Gravier. Gravier. And I get a phone call, and it's my wife. She usually doesn't call me during the day. I put them on mute, and I answer the call, and she is bawling her eyes out. Mm. She had gone over there to see the horse. The vet was not there. He was in uh, Gurley, Alabama or somewhere, uh, dealing with a horse or cow or something. And... That miniature horse basically dies in her arms with nobody there. And it's it's in the, the death throes, so it's like banging his head against the stall. Imagine horror movie. That's I remember, basically, yeah. That's basically the what, details out that you told me. Yeah, I remember it, you thinking, I, I might have to like sign her up for therapy. Uh, like 100%. Anybody would, yeah. Thousand, any, any person listening to this, had you been there, would have had PTSD. 
So I thought to myself, I've got to do something mm-hmm. to get get her off of this because it was so traumatic. Yeah, I bet. And so I thought, well, she needs she needs something that's soft and cuddly and will cuddle with you. And I got to doing a bunch of research, and I figured out that the one dog out there that is the biggest cuddle bug that you could possibly get is one of these Bernadoodles. It's mm-hmm. half burnt Bernese mountain dog, half poodle. And we, uh, we went and picked it up in Atlanta Saturday before I, so I drove six hours Saturday, six hours Sunday, but she now has a, has her dog and, uh, and, and hopefully it will kind of help ease the three, three, other three back. Oh, gotcha, Plus you gotcha. lose an hour going Eastern time. But hopefully that will help squelch some of the pain that she suffered yeah. over. You know, all that happened right around Christmas, like Christmas. Yeah, and there was something that was right before and, our and event. The horse was pregnant. Oh man! And you know, the baby was writhing, trying to live in the in her stomach while she's dying. And I told I told her I said, well, I guess if I'd have been there, I'd have tried to cut the baby out. But of course, that would have now I would have had PTSD yeah. trying to. Everybody listen to this on their drive to work probably does too. Uh, right, right. They're like, oh my God. Uh, tell everybody how much you love the cat that's at your house. So every one of our pets has a name, just like every one of y'all listen to this that has dogs and cats and horses and things have, you know, your pets have names. And I have my own pet names for all of our pets, so I don't ever call them by their name. So Popper is Popper Sniper. Uh, Nash is little bear, this new animal that we got, this new Bernadoodle, I think I'm going to call her Veda Beta. That mm-hmm. just kind of mm-hmm. goes together. And then we have an outside cat. And the only name that I, I don't even know that cat's name. I just call it shithead <laughs> because I, number one, I don't like cats. Yeah, I, hate, I hate cats. So and much. number two, the damn thing, if I try to pick it up, I'll just bite the shit out of you if you try to pick it up. So wh- I've nicknamed it shithead. When I when I was single, the amount of women that I could have dated that I didn't because they had cats is astronomically high. Can't date a woman with, yeah. with cats. Yeah, can't no. do it. I'm, I'm also it, allergic, but that that is that is a deal killer. If I was a single man, I would be the same way. If yeah. you own cats, no matter if you're a Swedish bikini model, we we cannot we cannot date because I'm not going to be around a bunch of damn cats. There's That's something off. Something's off. There's something. It's you know it's it's kind of like. The person that's like, yeah, I'm a Alabama football fan, a New York Yankees fan, a Golden State Warriors fan, and you live in Ohio. There's something off. Something's wrong. But Something's I, wrong. But I'll also cheer for, cheer for the Lakers. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lakers. I'll cheer for the Lakers when they're not playing. Yeah, exactly. Hey, we. I, I've got another story I'm going to have to say for another podcast, but suffice to say, my stepdaughter, her dad moved from his house into an apartment over in Madison, Alabama. And they had a they had an old cat that was a tom tomcat, and he was moving into an apartment. And she comes to us and she says, uh, "Hey, can George come live with us?" And I said, "Well, that's fine. If he comes over here, he he stays outside all the time anyway. Coyotes will probably get him before it's over with. So you you know, have your dad bring the cat over, Bradley. That man." About two weeks ago, loads that cat up in his truck. Is this the cat you're talking about? No, no. Uh, th- this is the a different jo- cat. George. Yeah, George. Different cat. Okay. George, this has just happened. Okay. I was going to save it for another time, but I'll just go ahead and tell it because it's short. So he loads this cat up in his truck, brings it to our house. The cat rides in his lap all the way to our house. He parks in our driveway, and Avery, my stepdaughter, is going out to meet him, and her dog, Popper Sniper, 
uh, sees the, her dad with the cat. And of course he hadn't seen him in a while. And Popper starts running towards him. The cat, George bites him, jumps out of his arms. Bradley, this is a true story. This cat jumps out of his arms, runs off. And ha- I have not seen that cat since it was in my driveway. <laughs> Y'all this cat was at my house. I swear to God for 30 seconds before it was, it left uh that dog was running towards it bites bites her dad runs off and has never been seen again dude he's just gone have you ever seen the video this is nothing to do with insurance but it's entertaining have you ever seen the video of the humane society that's trying to get people to adopt a cat Mm-mm. and they're doing it on the, you haven't seen that no, 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 no. <laughs> you, you have have you seen oh, it oh, oh oh the cat just attacks the guy he's like this yeah this, let me I'm just going to play it real quick just to make sure we're talking about the same video. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. We got to get through our, our, Do, our accurate commercial here. Does, doesn't he say something like how sweet this cat is right before it just, just mauls him. <laughs> it's, here it is. That's basically what that cat does to him the other night. That's my driveway the other night. It's just live on the news. So, you know, he's downplaying from what it actually is. Oh my God. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a very special guest today. Second time guest on the IGP. I wish I could give him the introduction that he's always deserved. We've got a lot to talk about, unfortunately. And and I know people out there, all the 250,000 insurance agents think that Scott's lying and he knows who it is and blah, blah, blah. On my son's life, I do not know who this person is. Okay, let me say that. To my knowledge, Bradley Flowers does not know who this person is. Nope. And I will say, sir, and I'm about to bring you on, but you have done the best job of anybody I've ever seen of having an anonymous account and doing every single thing in your power to make sure that nobody knows who he is. But he is the commercial insurance guy on Twitter. It is an anonymous Twitter account. Man, I'm just going to bring you on. How you doing, brother? Thank you, brother. Glad to be here. Thanks, guys, for having me. Yes, sir. As we did last time, uh, we will, uh, in post-editing, we will change your voice. Now, the last time when you came on the podcast on that Wednesday, I remember thinking, damn, we could have done a better job of getting him a better voice. He sounded like Minnie Mouse. <laughs> I mean, don't you have something that kind of talks like this? Instead? He was like, hey, hey, everybody. You remember that? I do. Bradley, Bradley will do a better job this time. I think. Yeah. Give him, give him we'll more give of a you, manly. We'll give you Trump's voice. <laughs> Hello, um, this podcast is going to be fantastic. It's going to be one of the most fantastic podcasts we've ever had. So anyway. I had uh, ChatGPT write a blog post about uninsured motorists You're in the voice. The shit out of Chat in the, in the voice, I am yeah. in the voice of Donald Trump. You know what's and funny? it was like uninsured motorist is the most important coverage that you need on your insurance policy. Everybody knows. Believe me, they ask me all the time. <laughs> it's just like, hey, uh, before we get started here. So it's funny, he, he's anonymous on Twitter. Last night, I jumped on Twitter, and Nick Berry mm-hmm. asked a poll question. Mm-hmm. How many insurance agents on Twitter mm-hmm. are utilizing ChatGPT? And at the time, when I responded, only 24% were. Wow. So insurance agents, listen to this right now. If you've listened to the last two episodes of this podcast, Bradley mm-hmm. Flowers is wearing out ChatGPT for blog posting and such like that on his, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, stuff that you're doing with SEO. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think there was something else I used it for that was super interesting. 
but I can't quite remember. There was something it, it, oh, 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 I sent an email out to all of our customers uh, about top dog pet insurance. Mm. And with, with our, we have a, a agency branded link for top dog where our customers can buy pet insurance. Mm -hmm. And Gary Halpert, if you're familiar with Gary Halpert is he's a, a famous copywriter, mm -hmm. sales copy, that sort of thing. So I, I got chat GPT to write me a sales email to my current customer mm -hmm. base in the, in the style of Gary Halpert about top dog pet insurance. Wow. And we sent that out to all so our customers. So what did you, so guys, listen to me, because a lot of you aren't real familiar with chat GPT. Some of you are. The thing about chat GPT, I'm pulling the curtain back for everybody for just a minute here, is it, it really has a lot to do with how you tell chat GPT to do something. Correct. Right. So there, there's a sequence or an order in which you're supposed mm -hmm. to Kind of how like if you're looking for something on Google and you're 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 good at Googling things, you kind of know there's a certain way you type it. Sorry right. to interrupt. So so uh, somebody was telling me the other day that you can actually, if you say it correctly or put it in the right sequence, Chat GPT will actually write an insurance policy for you. Mm -hmm. I've done that. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you were the one that told yeah. me that. I mean, obviously there's no coverage, but you can say right, you know type write out an insurance policy for and it looks it's exactly like policy language wow i'll tell you the industry i think it's going to disrupt the most are attorneys yeah yeah these transactional attorneys that all they do is contract review Contrast. and write contracts yeah. of course we know you know every attorney is going to find something wrong with something else that another attorney did but it still like hey write me out a non-compete for sally smith right boom right. there you go so hey commercial insurance guy let's talk for just a little while here today and help these agents <laughs> our mission on this podcast is to help agents any way we can before we get to the helping part the last time that you came on the insurance guys podcast you had not had your anonymous account for very long on Twitter. So from that time until today, how I want to know, like, how's it still going? How many followers have you picked up since then? Mm -hmm. What, what's been the good, the bad, and the ugly of, of having an anonymous Twitter account? Yeah. So, um, I think I had probably had it less than a month when I got on with you guys last year. Right. So for me, it's, I, I have very specific reasons why I want to be anonymous. I'm like an episode of South Park, man. I, nothing is off limits for me. Sure. And so if I'm going to be tweeting about carriers, I'm going to be tweeting about underwriters. I, mm -hmm. And the main one is, is I tweet about competing agencies and competing agents specifically mm -hmm. that I go up against. I want to protect those people. It's not fair. Right. It's right. not fair to those people if everyone can figure out who they are just by knowing who I am. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so if I'm going to tweet about an agent here locally, that sucks. It, right. It's not right. fair to him. It's not fair to him or her that I'm putting them, that out on Twitter. Well, I get it because and, and the anonymous account, let's, let's go ahead and get this out of the way. There, there's been so, a little bit of hate for the anonymous accounts, people that don't quite understand it, but that's well, part of the, the what's the hate though? What's the hate? Just why are you hiding behind an account oh. and that that sort of people that it's it's people that it's a them problem, not a not a these sure. people problem. Sure. And, yeah, and, and I under I actually understand it, Bradley. I get the angle. I do. I do. Mm -hmm. I, I do. I, I get the angle because for me, man, I 
I feel, and I don't want this to sound conceited, but I feel like I'm tweeting things that not a lot of people are tweeting. Right, um, right. Well, here's the thing. So, like, as someone who's put out content for probably almost 10 years solidly, there is a percentage of things that I have to hold back or sure. I can't talk about because of the reasons he's saying, because right. I don't want to offend someone or even down to like, Hey, if we want to talk about a situation that a client went through, I have to hold it because I don't, I don't want that client to see me talking about them on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Sure. So when you go the anonymous route, you can literally do whatever you want to. And I think it's somewhat appealing because it's very hard for you to monetize from an anonymous account. So it's like, Hey, you know, you're getting like the real deal. Holyfield. There's no like silver curtain here right. or, or, right. or, you know, no silver that's, linings that's, here or whatever. You know what I'm That's saying? right. And, and I would say selfishly, I definitely don't mind. You know, I, I want my account to get more into tips and tricks and things that I do sales nuggets, stuff like that. Um, and I don't even mind if I educate my competition on it. I just don't want my competition knowing that it's me that's doing it. Right. When Elon Musk bought Twitter, which was around the time that we had you on, it was not too many weeks after that that he was like, hey, if you really want to get known on Twitter, you're going to have to buy the blue check mark. Mm -hmm. I know question. I know Bradley bought the blue check mark. Are you that blue is. check marked? I'm not blue check marked. And okay. I mean, maybe, maybe I will. I just haven't given it much thought. I'm a pretty simple guy. Well, yeah. we just had Chris Lane Jill on the podcast about an hour ago, right? And mm -hmm. we were talking all things technology. And we got on the Twitter topic. And he said, he, and I, I didn't prompt him. He just said this. He said, you know, if you really want to get seen on Twitter now, you got to buy the blue check mark. Mm -hmm. yeah. I yeah. I did it, I did it more maybe from there's uh, something in the I wanted Maybe to see the features the that they launched. That yeah. was my thing. I wanted to see like, because it, it came with features. To me, that was the interesting thing. I, I'm sorry, commercial insurance guy. What were you saying? I, I was just saying maybe there's something involved in the algorithm. I don't know oh, yeah. anything about it, you know, where they're going right. to put you at the top of the line to add followers. I feel like the commercial insurance guy, I feel like that the anonymous accounts, there's one in every industry it's such a huge part of Twitter culture. They've got to solve for that. Right. Right. Sure. Like there's so many like huge anonymous accounts that, I mean, way bigger than anything in the insurance industry mm -hmm. that they've got to have some sort of like, okay, yeah, if you're don't buy the blue check, whatever, you know what I mean? Like something. Do you yeah. think, do you think there's a chance that Elon's team could say, Hey, because these people are anonymous, uh, we're, we're not going to allow any more anonymous accounts. We're going to do away with anonymous accounts. You've got to put your real identity on Twitter. Yeah, Could that I'm happen? Sure. I'm not sure. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the angle would be for them other than just getting a lot of spammers off Twitter. You know, yeah. for me, when the reason I decided and I've tweeted about it, you know, not even my wife knows that I have this. Well, now she does. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yes. Yeah, so, tell us so, about that fight. Yeah, so that fight was pretty simple. We were sitting on the couch together, and um, we were watching some TV, and um, I guess she was watching Dancing with the Stars or whatever, and, you know, I'm on Twitter, and Strip Mall Guy had tweeted something, I guess, about life insurance, and I just tweeted whatever came to my mind, basically, whole life is from scammers. You know, just something real quick, just sook, and put my phone on the dresser and didn't think a thing about it. And about 30 minutes later, I had 300 notifications and blah, 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 blah. And I picked up 250 followers. 
And so my face just like goes white. And it's because he responded to me. So all the people that follow him and subscribe to his tweets, mm-hmm. all that started inter- interacting with it. And so I'm watching my followers go from 800 to 1,000, then they're at 1,100, then they're at 1,200. And so my wife's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, all right, I got to. I got to confess, you know, so I, that's, that's when I told her about it. And I just said, you know, at the end of the day, I didn't really think nothing about it. I just created an anonymous Twitter page and started tweeting what was on my mind and people found me. What'd she say? Uh, she was like, well, you know, I don't really care that you did that, but why don't you tell me? And I was like, cause it was stupid at the time when I created it. I had, you know, 50 followers, then I had a hundred, then I had 200, then I had 250. And, you know, I said, well, you know, now I, I think it might blow up a little bit. And she's like, well, how many followers do you have? And I'm like, well, I've got over a thousand as we're sitting here today. And she's like, well, do people talk to you? And I'm like, yeah, I get probably six to 10 DMs a week of people wanting help and stuff like that. So I think, I think it kind of put her off for a little bit, but she understands it now. And we actually don't even really talk about it. It's kind of like that meme, Scott, of the, the, the husband and the wife laying in bed, their backs to each Mm -hmm. other. And the (laughs) wife's like, I bet he's cheating on me. And what's he thinking about over there? He's thinking about other women, and it shows the guy's thought bubble, and he's like, I wonder what kind of motorcycle that was that drove by. You know, yeah, like, right. it's exactly. like, it's exactly. like, he's talking to another woman. Nope, started an anonymous Twitter account. We're talking about insurance, the most boring thing on the face of this planet. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's, hey, exactly, that's exactly what it was. Commercial insurance guy, you are known in your state uh, by a lot of people. You have been in the game for a while. Tell me where we're in March, late March of 2023. Where are you right now relative to your business plan for the year of 2023? And how's it going in the hard market? Kind of talk a little bit about where you are in in your career right now. So that's a, so that's a beautiful question. So for me, my, my year started out really hot. I had some, I got some fantastic referrals. Um, coming into the year on some larger stuff that I, that I've done a great job on. Mm-hmm. So I've got over thirty thousand in revenue booked so far for the year. Nice. Um, I'm not sure if you guys saw that I had tweeted. I, yeah, it should be double that. So I had a a large bond. I saw that, that man. That sucks. Yeah. So, so tell me much, about that. I haven't seen. I haven't seen that. I've just got a commercial GC that um he's he's just a really solid commercial GC and. He, he pretty much hunts fish in a barrel. And so every bid bond I've ever done for him, we've issued. I mean, it's that simple. He's he's the man. And he had over a $3 million job. It was going to be probably a $30,000, $35,000 revenue bid bond. So that would I would be sitting here today at about sixty or seventy in rev for the year. Mm. And, you know, I was waiting on that to hit and waiting by the phone. And the call never came. So I called him, called him. That night, and he told me some bad news. It looks like somebody cut under him. So it is what it is. But that's what happens as producers. We start counting our eggs before they hatch. And so I, even I'm a victim of that. So I sit around for a couple of weeks, let my pipeline dry up. So now I'm out grinding, making moves, baby. So so tell me, tell me your process. Sounds like you're in the contractor space. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. I, I do a lot of contractors, yep. Okay, so... What's your process look like to prospect? Are you a phone guy? Or are you a go out and, uh, you know, bang on doors and, and meet with people? What's your prospecting process look Good like? Question. I think, yeah, so I think phone is the best way. Uh, Telephone is the most profitable way in the world to prospect. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Every time I pick up the phone, whether they say yes, no, any of that, I'm making 80 to 90 bucks. Right. Based on my statistics, I guess you could say. Right. Um, so I'm definitely a phone guy is a short answer. Um, what's, and, what's your strategy you know, when you're so, when you're cold calling people? Let's say you have a list of businesses you want to call. What? How do you approach that? Um, so I'm just running through. I, I, I used to try and make 10 to 15 calls a day, but that's not enough. Um, so if I'm going to have a call day, it, it needs to be 25 to 30 calls. If I go after, if I, I have found that me personally, if I'm making more than 30, then my goal becomes just to rush through them. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, but then the sample size isn't large enough. If you're only making 15 calls, you, you might make 15 calls and get 15 voicemails. But That's exactly promise right. you, Yeah. If you make 25 calls, you're going to have some, at least two or three meaningful conversations. So mm-hmm. for me, and I don't know if you guys follow Max Revenue. We do. I mean, we had him on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You had him on the podcast. So I, I spoke with Max anonymously. We actually had a little anonymous Zoom standoff trying to figure out how two anonymous people can have a Zoom call. <laughs> so I spoke with him, and we, we just had a great conversation. And, and I was trying to explain to him that my process is simple. I find extremely mediocre agents, and I do the opposite of what those guys do. Mm. Mm. Because because you've got these elite high performers in our industry, and I'm going to be honest with you, Scott Bradley, you're never going to take business from those guys because they're Derek Jeter, they're right. Alex Roderick. You get what I'm, you get where I'm going with that? I do. I mm-hmm. do. You're not going to win against those guys. Don't play against them. Right. Yeah. And then you've got and then you've got terrible agents that anybody can take stuff from. Well, that's you don't even have to be good at your process for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where I make my money is all the mediocre, the mushy middle. The mediocre agents that probably have decent books, but they're not doing anything. And I just go to the opposite of what they do on their appointments, which is sit down, ask you for your policies, ask you if there's anything wrong. When's the last time you've been shot? Blah, 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 blah. It's just crap. And we we may have spoken about this last time. You're a big BOR guy? I am, yeah. I'll take 80%. 80% of my closed business is BORs. You're sitting down with me. I'm a general contractor. My agent's one of those guys in the mushy middle that we talked about a minute ago. You're sitting down with me. You're asking a lot of questions. I've given you my policy. What What are you saying to close me down and get that BOR? Well, the, let's start with the end in mind. So if if we do discuss the BOR, the power in, the, in getting the BOR side is not that they sign it. It's that you rehearse them on what's going to happen mm-hmm. when they sign it. So I never get a BOR signed without – not only explaining it, but explaining the shitstorm that it's going to create when you mm-hmm. sign this. You know, look, Scott, when you sign this, it's going to be a big problem. And I'm wondering if we can discuss that problem. Mm. And how does that usually go? Yeah, so the problem the problem is, Scott, when you sign this BOR, it's going to tell Cincinnati Insurance that you want me to be your guy. Or it's going to tell whoever, auto owners, that I'm your guy. And then they're going to notify your current agent. And I'm wondering, when he calls you and he's pissed off, and he's saying that I stole his work and blah, 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 blah. What do you, I mean, how are you going to handle that? Can you handle that conversation? What are you – He's what you're doing there is running into the burning building. Right. Let's talk about the hard stuff first. Let's not talk about golf and all that. You know, look, sure. it, and, it's, and it's simple because I have good statistics and I can say it with confidence. Hey, hey, man, I'm just going to be honest with you. Ninety percent of the stuff that I work on, if I come sit down in your office, I'm going to be your insurance agent. Well, and, and let's clarify a couple things. You're not – you're not doing this to a lot of agents that are inexperienced or bad agents are going to look at this as you swiping a policy. 
Yeah, we've all yeah. we've all had that done to us. You know, we've had our clients go to ADP for their payroll, and then they AOR the workers' comp yeah. over, and the they client just, has no just, idea just that there was an there. AOR. Right. What you're talking about is more of a market BOR. So Correct. you're essentially yeah. getting the BOR signed saying commercial insurance guy is my agent and I'm letting him control the market. That way you have the sufficient tools, tools being carriers to adequately work on the account versus working on it without the market BOR, you've got one arm tied behind your back because you're blocked in half the marketplace. Is that correct? Yes, yes and no. So you're right. So I've got two different ways that I go about it. If if I don't get the actual BOR on your policy, I am not working on it without a market BOR. Gotcha, um, gotcha. And, so but, I didn't but, even know there was such a thing. Is there a market BOR? I don't know. Maybe I invented it. I just make them sign a, a generic BOR and then I run it through with the name of the carrier on my copier <laughs> what it allows you to do scott there's there's no such thing as like an, an actual thing that's called the market bor which what he's getting is he's getting an accord form that's signing an agent of record that's generic that way when he goes to travelers and travelers is like oh no you're blocked wait no here's an aor mm-hmm. so you're but, you're but he's not actually aor in the policy he could be but he could in, be in this case he would not be he said he does it both ways. It just okay. it just depends on what the customer. It just depends on the customer. But but backing up, so I just wanted to explain the end game before I talked about my simple. Okay. Well, and the let, reason let, I brought that up is I wanted agents who didn't understand to know like there's a, there's an actual function that allows you to do your job adequately by getting that. But, but yeah, I mean anybody. I mean who wants to who wants to compete like that? We're first man into the. You know, you could have Gordon Ramsay, or you could have a fry chef at McDonald's. And give them give them money and run them into Kroger, and whoever gets the meat first gets to cook for you. Are you kidding me? Well, hello there, guys. Excuse me for interrupting your regularly scheduled podcast, but I'm here today to get you out of aggregator and cluster jail. This may be the most important message I've ever delivered on the Insurance Guys podcast. Guys, are you a member of a cluster or an aggregator? Does your contract have exit fees, termination payments, buyback provisions? It's time to get your freedom back and do what we did here at iProtect Insurance. Join the AC, the future of aggregators in our industry. Best decision we've ever made, guys. Best decision we've ever made. No entry fees, small $200 a month membership fee, over 50 plus carriers for direct appointments. And by the way, new ones coming on board each and every month. You keep 100% of your commissions, profit sharing every year. Guys, we have made in the last two years, each year our agency has made over $100,000 in profit sharing. Here's the best part, guys. And this is the part I'm the most passionate about. No termination or exit fees. You give the AC 60 days notice and you're free. You go get direct appointments wherever you want. There's no buyback provisions, no exit clauses. Guys, if you're a member of another aggregator and you have termination fees, buyback provisions, exit clauses, every single policy you write, you're digging that hole just a little bit deeper. And one day you're not going to be able to get out of it. It's going to be too much. You're going to be taking out a second mortgage on your home to try to get out of a cluster group. Unbelievable. Guys, go to acfree.com. 
ACFree.org. That's ACFree.org and register. Find out why over 650 agencies and $3 billion in premium have chosen the AC. And guys, here's the best part. But wait, there's more. Mention the Insurance Guys podcast when you talk to these guys and you get six months. That's six months of no membership fee just by mentioning the Insurance Guys podcast. Go today, www.acfree.org, and let me help you get your freedom back. Have a great day. Let's go back. Let's go back. And I appreciate Bradley interjecting to tell the audience kind of why you're doing this, but let's, let's go all the way back. So we've come in, we're running into the burning building. Mm -hmm. We're we're going ahead and having that tough conversation about, let me tell you what this is going to happen. What's going to happen here. Sure. Sure. Are you coaching that prospect who is now about to be a client through the BOR? Are you coaching them? on what to say to that agent when they call and do the what the hell is going on thing? A lot of times a lot of times they get so mad. They get so mad when you take them through that rehearsal process that you don't really have to coach them up on it because they kind of get pissed off at you. And they're like, what do you mean? If he calls here, I'm a grown ass man. Right. You know, I handle my you know, I handle my own business. I I've had tough conversations. You're almost using their oh, ego against ego. them a little bit. It's ego. Like, yeah, it's ego. Yeah, it's ego driven. I mean, dude, these people are rich. They're business owners, man. They don't. And, nobody tells them what to do. And I know Bradley said what he said, and what he said is correct. But I want to hear it from you. What is so? So we've gone through the end game. We've gotten ego involved. Sure. We've told them, hey. This dude's going to be pissed and he's going to call you. And I'm a grown ass man. He can't tell me what to do. What are you saying to them verbatim as far as why you need that BOR? And I know Bradley kind of alluded to this a minute ago, but t- tell our audience what you say to them, why why you need that. I need the BOR because I don't work for free. Mm. And I'm not a free consultant. I don't really need your business. Mm-hmm. You know, we're a mutual, this is a mutually beneficial relationship. I'm, I'm going to give something to you that you're not getting. So let me run a scenario by you. Sure. Okay, and this comes up in our agency. It came up yesterday. I know some of the listeners are thinking this as well. So mm-hmm. we had a, we have a client that is, mm-hmm. we've got part of the account. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. not going to go into what, normally we don't do that. I'm not going to go into why, but because sure. uh, it would divulge too much info. We have, we have, we have the comp, right. In a couple, a mm-hmm. couple buildings, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are uh, a bunch of trucks. Mm-hmm. We've been after the trucks for a few years. The trucks are with uh, the carrier we would put them with, mm-hmm. with another agency that this person is friends with. Okay. Um, Keyword they're friends with. Yeah. He reach, He has a problem that this agency can't solve. Okay. Mm-hmm. He reaches mm-hmm. out to my producer yesterday. And wants us to work on the account. He's like, but I'm still friends with this person. He's like, what I want to avoid, (laughs) I don't want to just swap my progressive over to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because what happens when you get into some of these larger accounts is they already know what an AOR is. Right. They've all been presented it. They've They've all been presented it and they're adverse to the idea. 
So he's like, I don't want to just swap my progressive over to you because yeah. So create because, a fake insurance company for me because I don't want to do the the well. And, well, and so so the situation is is he needs an excess umbrella, and the agency that has his progressive is a captive agency right. that has a progressive mm-hmm. appointment. Mm-hmm. They don't have excess umbrella, so mm-hmm. he's about to why lose. A, you, he's about to lose a contract. Why can't you just write the umbrella and let him keep it over there? Because I don't want to do that. But it, it, I don't see it. Based on, it makes the world go well, also, it's it's the the umbrella company is gonna want the agency that writes the umbrella to have the trucks. So maybe here here's what I'm saying though. He I don't want to move my umbrella over, or excuse me, I don't want to move my trucks over just for the sake of moving them. It's like what do you do in those situations yeah. where you know you can help the person, you know they need help, but they're so adverse to the AOR because they don't want to slight their friend he, he or their other the agent. Punch. He beat a you, little bit. He yeah, beat you to the punch of what he just talked about. Yeah, right? he's like I already know. So, so I, and, I, and I know commercial insurance guy, you've run into those situations. So what do you, what what do you do in those in those cases? And and so we'll call the guy ready? live on the air right now and oh, tell him. You talking about kidding. the producer? No. We, what what would you tell the producer to tell that client? I would tell the producer to grow a pair and talk about being transparent with the customer and just say, Bob, I don't get this. You're with the captive. He's a captive. Let him go do captive things. Let him be great at the captive stuff, but your business is way too important Mm -hmm. to be hamstrung on this excess stuff that you really need to get this job. Can Mm -hmm. we just handle everything and service you the way that God intended you to be serviced? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or are we going to play this game where you're calling me needing help and I'm not even right. getting paid to help you? Right. That one right there that Bradley just talked about to me, that's a sticky one. Yeah. That's a real sticky one because this guy, when he got with Bradley's producer yesterday, already kind of knew the program, which you, you've, I think you mentioned earlier, a lot of these sure. guys already know what AOR is. And he beat them to the punch to say, hey, this is my damn uh, uh, cousin, and I don't want to piss him off. And, and we have done that in those situations, said, well, we're not going to work. We, we've walked away, and the, we're cousin, not going to work on it without it. Sorry. Yeah. But cousin cousin can't fix the problem. Right. And, and cousin, cousin's been getting paid. Cousin, has, cousin hasn't been working for free. Yeah. Well, that guy's been getting paid the entire time by progressive. Mm-hmm. You're and about to lose a contract his, over a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if he wants to start his own independent agency so that he can get you an excess policy, then we're going to go ahead and send over the BOR for the comp, and he can sign that, and he can have all that. But I don't think he's willing to do that, so why don't we just go ahead and do what's right for your business mm-hmm. and get it all over. You can take him to lunch and apologize to him, and you all still be friends. If the if the business relationship hinges on the personal relationship, then you all aren't really friends. You're just somebody. You're just buying from somebody that you like. So I've got a question for you and Bradley, Mm -hmm. and it's more of a statement than a question, but I'd like to hear both of your takes on this. That's happened to me not once, but twice this year since January. And this is the first time this has ever happened to me. I am not opposed to the BOR at all. Um, I think that the BOR is, uh, very useful. I think it's something that a lot of, a lot of agents, independent agents are, doing more of than they have in the past in the year of our Lord, 2023. Here's where the train runs off the tracks for Scott. In the past three months, we have had not one, but two quotes get BOR'd. Mm-hmm. Now I'm all in favor of somebody BOR in our stuff. If they, you know, you know, depending on the relationship and how good they are and whatever I've always said, 
if somebody BORs our stuff, that means we ain't done our job on our end. And I don't have a problem in the world with it. We've had a uh-huh. few BORs. We don't get many, but we've had some. Usually when we get one, it's like, whew, but, glad but, that one's gone. But when it's the 11th hour yeah. and we've gotten a quote from an excess and surplus uh, wholesale broker, mm-hmm. and at the 11th hour, closing's going to be tomorrow. And then they AOR. And then they BOR that. my shit. Now, the, I got a problem with that, folks. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that commercial insurance guy? So let me ask you this, Scott, and you might not know the answer. You might, you just might not know all the details on it. So was it be award by the incumbent or was it be award by another just agent that's working on it? It was, it was in both cases, new business, new uh-huh. business for you guys, for us. Okay. Uh-huh. I, I, wait a minute. I may be wrong about that. I, I, I believe one of them was new and one of them was a, uh, a, a, an account that we had, you know, some of their insurance with sure. us. And I want to say that the quote was through like an AM wins or a gin mm-hmm. cap, somebody mm-hmm. like that. And y'all mm-hmm. we're talking about a two, $300,000 account. Right. Okay. And, so- it, it, and it, and the quote gets BOR'd. We have a relationship with the underwriter to find out who the agency was that mm-hmm. BOR'd it. And when we deep dive into who the agency, now remember, this is a quote. This is not, this is not business on the books. When we go to, to deep dive into who the agency is, there is no record of them on the internet. They are not on Google. It's almost as if somebody has created something where that particular individual, maybe is getting something from this, that the account's being written. So, does that make sense? Can I answer makes, first? Because he's he's going to give a better answer than I am, and I want him to tell me that I'm wrong. Okay. How I would how I think you combat that is because we've had that happen to us too, is explaining to the customer how the insurance marketplace works for their type of account. And look, here's the deal. You need to pick your agent. You don't need to go to three different agents. You need to right. pick one guy or one gal that you think can get this done. Want and explain once I go to this market, that market is now blocked. Once I go to this market, that's market's now blocked. What will happen a lot of times is folks will come in and they'll silver tongue you to death, and all they're doing is swapping my quote from them to from me to you. The second one. That the way I would combat that is try and, and we don't do a great job of it, but the way I, I have combated that is just explaining on the front end, hey, this is how this works. Mm-hmm. Because we've even had it and then and then calling them out after the fact. We've actually had it happen a lot on personal lines where we'll quote somebody and then they won't go with us and come to find out they quoted, they bound with a carrier with another agency that we quoted them, but did not recommend. Hey, look, by the way, I just want you to know, I have access to that carrier too. And we didn't recommend it because of it. And they're like, Oh wait, what? You know? So I'm going to show you how the sausage is made in the back and I hope you don't get queasy. Okay. So on the, uh, let me give you the other side of this. I agree with Bradley. It's, it's on the producer. You've got to explain the market and you've got to, and the customer has to trust you to be that representative in the marketplace. If not, that's a lot of quoting and hoping going on. So if you're going to play in the quoting and hoping arena, you know, somebody else might silver tongue you, just like Bradley said. But now flipping gears, let's think about this big national agency. They've got a CSR that's pumping out, blocking the market. They're blocking mm-hmm, the market, sure. blocking the market, blocking the market. They outbig you. And and, and we do too now. So we've got a commercial 
16-year commercial account manager that that's about all she does is block markets for us. Sure. So if she's blocked the market, the underwriter has sent underwriting questions but has not released a quote, and it's now dead on the vine inside that national agency because because nobody has the time or has just overlooked that email. Sure. Who's getting the best results there? The agent who has a methodical process that is actually checking because he's niched out and he knows that Grange or auto owners is the best carrier for that type of business. And, hey, where's your auto owners quote? Well, we were blocked. Okay. Mm. Well, but he doesn't know on the other side of the aisle that national agency has not only blocked auto owners, but they're not even going to get the quote from them. Mm-hmm. So who's, who's wrong in that scenario? The guy like me who comes in and says, well, your agents blocked me with auto owners. Have you got an auto owners quote seven days before the renewal? No, I ain't got nothing from auto owners. Okay, sign this sheet of paper. I'll have you one by the end of the week. But that's that's a different scenario it is, than, it is. than, than I've, I've got an Amwins quote that's best yeah, in class, is. and we're closing tomorrow on this account, and at the 11th hour – they literally AOR, BOR, whatever you want to call it. Our, our quote, our yeah. quote from Amwins, our quote. I'd send the client an invoice just to and, be a jerk. And then they go to the closing table, and instead of instead of I protect insurance getting the commission on that account, which we've we've already done all the work, they didn't do anything but get a I guess if you want to come up with a new term, quote AOR mm-hmm. or BOR. Sometimes they'll make them still submit apps. But, but you know, but you know what, Scott? It. That's it. That it seems like even though it's happened to you multiple times, that's uh, that seems like a pretty rare instance. I would get in the vehicle and I would drive to the customer and, and figure out what skin off. Going. Would you skin off in his front yard and just <laughs> go ahead and get have at it? No, no. I would just I would just drive in there and say, "What's going on?" Scott pulls in, gets out of the truck, takes his shirt off. Well, are you talking about uh, an account that size? Probably eight to ten hours of work oh, yeah. that went into that quote. I'm, I'm driving. I, I'm turning over every rock I can get in that specific instance. I'm, I'll drive for that, and I'll drive. All right. I'll tell you, one of the agencies yeah. was out of Texas. I even called Warren Barhorst down in mm-hmm. Texas. I said, "I want you to find out everything you can about this agency." Never heard back from him. Mm-hmm. I cannot find this agency anywhere on the internet. I can't find them in NIPR. I can't find. It's probably some, it's probably some nationwide agency. <laughs> well, I tell you what, um, we we went over where you are today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume that you're at thirty thousand through March in revenue mm-hmm. on somewhere on a piece of paper or on a sticky note or on a fat head in your office. I know you probably well enough to know that you have a goal for 2023 on where you're going to land at. December 31st on revenue. Where are you trying to get to? I'm trying to get to $100,000 by the end of October. Uh, 100K by the end of October in uh, in revenue. Well, in revenue. you would be on track to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. So the next thing we're going to do is we're going to play 20 questions, and we're going to ask you if you're this person, and you're going to say no, and then we're going to narrow down who you are. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. Everybody just sat up in their chair like, oh, yeah, this is about to get good. So, so 100000 by October – and we're at 30k right now. We'll be at 60k. I gotta go make up that 30k that I was waiting on over the next. Oh, couple. dude, that's kind of man. That would put you like well ahead. Yeah, and well, I would be changing my goal. I would bump my goal. That guy, yeah, which is what 
a producer should do. Well, interest rates, let's say they went up yesterday. Let's say they continue going up. A lot of the housing market just ends up coming mm-hmm. to a screeching halt. Construction stops. Mm-hmm. Builders start going out of business. Construct. I've seen, and I'm telling you this because I've seen this happen to a friend of mine who was a. You want to really know my good, answer? Uh-huh. You want to know my answer to this? Uh-huh. I'm not participating. I'm not participating <laughs> in a recession. Okay. I'm not participating in a recession at all. Okay. My okay. family, we're, we're not going to do it. We're not doing that. Okay. I don't my part of my agency might that's not involved with, with just the, what I do, but I ain't participating. Well, I book, I book a business. I'm going to go find stuff that does well in a recession, and I'm going to go ride it. Yeah, if right. I 80 hours a week, I'm going to basically change gears and go another direction. What, what happens too, though, in times of contraction, whether it's a hard market, the recession, what what have you, is it eliminates a lot of the C and D players. Right. A lot of the people that are lazy and that like having it handed to them and don't really want to work for it, it eliminates them. We are dealing now selling insurance in this marketplace we're in on both personal and commercial, we run in, it seems like there's 80% less competitors that we're competing with mm-hmm. when we're working on an account, on a new mm-hmm. account. Mm-hmm. All the average people are gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, and it's going to be that way for real estate. I mean, once it, once this thing really starts to go downhill on the real estate side, I feel like uh, insurance agencies are going to have a great um, pick of new employees because mm-hmm. all the real estate agents are going to, start finding other jobs. What happens is is with the economy and hiring, you have a cycle, right? And about two years ago, we were in the everybody is a realtor part of the economy. Right. Mm-hmm. And now we are, everybody's getting out of real estate part of the economy. And there's a lot of good team members you can pick up in that, that downward trend a little bit versus when the real estate market's good, you can't convince anybody not to be a real estate agent that's already a real estate agent mm-hmm. versus, wait a minute, residual income i can get paid on accounts that i wrote two years ago without having to do much yeah sign me up for that versus going to work for keller williams and sure. yeah right. all that that whole thing That's right. so scott to answer you I'm, I'm pivoting my niches if if i see that we're going recession based i'm going after contractors that do government work sure i'm going i'm going after um health care stuff mm-hmm. that does not slow down in a recession mm-hmm. people keep getting older so that's that's kind of my plan. I'm backfilling with that. I'm also um, I'm really trying to get into the habitational space a little bit more. I'm I'm wanting to do more apartments, mm-hmm. and I feel like apartments are going to do well in a recession. Sure, mm-hmm. absolutely. I, that's one of our that's our biggest niche is a uh, multifamily all over the mm-hmm. country, and that's that's where those uh, bor quotes were. But, you know, quote quotes getting bor were coming from were the uh, multifamily space. But I will say. And I think I mentioned this on an earlier podcast, what we've had to do this year, because we've got so much of that business and it's taking, you know, people talk about, you know, homes taking 10, 20, 30% rate increase. We've got apartment complexes taking, I don't know that we have one that's less than 30, 40% yeah, increase. All so ours are like that too. We, we are, we are in full defense mode this year and basically rewriting our entire multifamily book of business. Mm-hmm. But Every, let me ask you this, like, can I pick your brain on that? Are you prepared for it? And do you have a plan and are you executing that? We, we are, um, we hired, um, when we saw the storm brewing in the West, we hired a, 16 year account manager that, that knows what she's doing front to back and back to front. She gets on the phone with my producer every morning at nine o'clock. They go through the accounts that they are currently working on and they basically develop a a daily game plan of what they're going to do relative to 
uh, renewals. And it's so funny because it ebbs and flows every week for us because you'll have five accounts that you've got out to underwriting. And uh, these are renewals, right? Because we're playing defense. Mm -hmm. And so you're rushing, rushing, rushing to get all this stuff put in. And then you kind of go into a waiting mode Uh for about three or four or five days while you're just kind of waiting on to see what's, you know, what questions are going to bring back to you and trying to get that renewal, you know, the, the new, the, the new carriers quote back and then getting back in touch. So it's a, it's a real ebb and flow kind of game that we're playing. I think the, mm-hmm. what he, the point he made of, of apartments doing well in a recession because people move out of their houses sure. or can't buy a house because interest rates are so high combined with the hard market we're going in combined with the number of carriers that are taking on a habitational account right now are, are very, very few, I think that creates a nice scenario for insurance agents who focus on habitational. Well, here, here's what and, and are willing to work at it. I, I think it does. And you're going to make the guys like Scott who have a plan and a process and they're working that game plan mm-hmm. daily. They might not see the short term results, mm-hmm. but the long game, they're going to, they're going to kick everybody's butt. Mm-hmm. Hey, let me tell you what we say about twice a week. Person calls. This is way too high. This is double, triple what I paid last year. I'm shopping. I'm going to go shop my insurance. Well, we got everything everybody else has got, right? So two weeks goes by. They call back. Yeah, um, my lender sent in a check for that account because they just can't find it anywhere else any cheaper than where they already have it. We see that happen all the time right now. Do you you want to talk about your latest niche? Oh, yeah. So – um, about three months ago, we hired a friend of mine who is well known in the industry. His name is Jesse Perini as a consultant for us. And he came in and we did about, um, 10 hours of zoom. I call it zoom university training with three of our agents plus myself. And he has walked us through and got us signed up with all the major specialty insurance carriers for cannabis. We went and participated down in Biloxi at Canacon in Biloxi uh, and slung business cards there. We now have access to all of the major specialty insurance carriers in the United States for cannabis. And ironically enough, when it started, it was pretty slow. Uh, We had two or three people that wanted quotes, but I was here in Mobile yesterday with Bradley doing a podcast, and I, when we got off, I took my phone off airplane mode, and we probably had – I had six emails from different places and different people who we've built relationships with in the cannabis space saying, uh, hey, Mary Beth needs a quote on her uh, wholesale cannabis business in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Can you give her a call? Mm-hmm. And so just yesterday, it seems like it's kind of blown up. I sent for you us. one the other day. You sent me one the other day, and it's trickling in that way. It's yeah. like, do you know where I think? Do you know where I think the independent model is heading? Go ahead. I think, I think that it's heading into um, a little niche specific. Sure, but I think that it's really exciting to see agencies open up and cross these state lines and just be national mm-hmm. and just go yeah. and just go all in on it and be right. experts. I mean, Especially on the commercial side, it's easier to cross state lines with commercial than it is personal. Right. And and I knew I knew that I, I needed to hire Jesse because, I mean, 
quite frankly, he's tip of the spear in the cannabis space. He helped write the insurance requirements for the state of California. He's got some of the biggest cannabis clients in the country. And the reason I wanted him as a consultant was I knew I could bring him out of the bullpen like a relief pitcher. If we got a hold mm -hmm. of a huge cannabis case, I could say, oh, yeah, we can. Uh, hold on just a second. Let me get an let me get Jesse Perennian airline ticket, and you'll be damn putting your damn cannabis business with us. So I called mm -hmm. Scott about three weeks ago, and I said, "What are you doing?" And I could tell he was driving, and he said, "I'm coming through Sarah Land, Alabama." I'm like, "What in the world are you doing with Sarah Land, Alabama?" I'm on my way to Biloxi, Mississippi, to Canacon. Canacon. <laughs> and I'm like, that, and I'm like, why are you going to Canacon? And folks, that is how I found out he built out an, a niche in cannabis. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the name of our agent, our, our division is, uh, and we have a landing page now and everything, but it's Nine Blades Risk Advisors. I think you can go to www.9spelledoutninebladesinsurance.com is our landing page. So what's the, why that name? Uh, cannabis leaf, you typically uh, is going to have either, smoke pots. I, I don't know. I understand. Yeah. Cannabis leaf is either going to have seven or nine leaves on it. Gotcha. Um, so I've heard a story that, you know, nine leaves is the perfect cannabis plant or something like that. But yeah, it's, it's, I've told my agents that work with me. I'm like, uh, guys, if you want to get rich, if you want to get rich, um, learn the cannabis space top to bottom and go out on the national level and start selling cannabis insurance because you've got all the carriers. There's nobody that doesn't have what we have or, or has, you know, we've got everything everybody else has got. So now it's just up to you to go sell it. Right. Hmm. So you can either, you know, not sell it and keep selling renters policies and, and $300 umbrellas, or you can go sell a 10, 15, 20, $50,000 cannabis account. And, not as much competition in that niche as there is in other niches right now. In fact, I've got an agent making fifty, sixty thousand dollars up in Michigan a year, and I told her, I said, "You want to, you want to make the kind of money to live the life that you want to live. I mean, you can't swing a dead cat in Michigan without hitting a dispensary. They've got medical and recreational now, and so you know, I'm going to leave it up to them. If they don't want to make a bunch of money, don't sell it." If you do want to make a bunch of money, get get good at it and go sell the shit out of it. And mm -hmm. and and you know that you're talking about seed to sale here. You know, you know how much you know a, a lab or a, a, a transporter or a wholesaler, some of those accounts are just enormous. And the beautiful thing about cannabis in a lot of these states, these guys are making buku money. So insurance isn't quite as, oh, God, I got to pay that. You know, right, it's like, right. well, shit, if you're making $5 million a year, you can probably afford a sixty seventy thousand dollars $70,000 cannabis account, you know? I guarantee you none of them are late pays. Mm -mm. The, the, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you the one thing over everything else I've learned in the cannabis space uh, from my training with Jesse at uh, what I call Cannabis University, if you, whether you are seed, sell, or anywhere in between, you have got to have product liability on your policy because product liability in the cannabis space is going to be a big deal. And when an attorney gets a hold of one of those, those cases, they're just going to sue everybody. They're going to start with a grower and go all the way to the person that sold it at the counter. Mm -hmm. So everybody in the cannabis space has to have product liability insurance.
that's not even an option. Like when we talk to people, it's like you're part of this is going to be product liability. The not so good thing about the cannabis space is that all of the specialty carriers in the cannabis space will not take an application from another cannabis carrier. And every application is about 17 pages long. So it's very, very detailed work. I'll tell you something else that I heard that's interesting that actually kind of it kind of dovetails right into one of our sponsors because they do it well is, is premium finance. Right. It premium finance in cannabis is very taboo. A lot of premium finance companies, including some of the big ones out there that you guys know, will not finance right. anything that is related to a cannabis operation, but Ascend actually will. Right. Yeah. Um, they won't do the product liability, but they'll do the GL and, and, and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. too. So so a lot of a lot of people run into that hurdle too. Correct. On the applications for cannabis, you said every every broker's got a different one. How are y'all getting them filled out? So that's a great question. So what we've done is I want to say, and I hate to give them a shout out because they're not a sponsor of the podcast, but I believe, is it Wonderite? Who is it that we're using that we've, we've given the uh, cannabis uh, applications to one of these companies? You know, there's, there's two or three of these technology vendors out there believe wonder right maybe one of them where they can download and create um you know you fill out one app and then it'll auto populate into the others I, know, I, know, bro- I know broker buddha does that but broker buddha kind of seems to want to work with like the brown and browns and the hubs of the world I got, instead of i got something better to show you when we get off the air okay that's fine in that regard awesome but yeah that's what we're doing is we're we're trying to create uh, a system where if you put put name address phone number in there it will auto populate into the other mm-hmm. uh, other applications so mm-hmm. yeah, and, you, go ahead and and just to I, i've been thinking back on our conversation today just to get kind of my message out there guys when you're talking about revenue goals you have to realize everyone's revenue goal needs to be specific for them and their lifestyle right. Right. and what they want to accomplish i mean i know guys that do four hundred thousand in revenue each year but they're in a metro area. I'm not in a big city. I'm in a small town. Right. Um, yeah. Which so. is. <laughs> well, right. hey, I, I, you know, I had this conversation last week with one of my agents. We're so all. Are you an NFL football fan or are you a college football <sighs> fan? I'm kidding. And what team do you pull for? We're all playing a different game, right? As producers, if you're selling home auto renters insurance, you're playing a different game at than the guy that's in the mid market selling hospitals insurance, right? Sure. You're, you're you're not playing the same game. Yeah. So don't set your revenue goal at eight hundred thousand dollars a year if you're selling home and auto insurance because that's just that's just not feasible. You need to set your goals in relation to the game that you're playing. But no matter what game you're playing, I want to encourage everyone find the low hanging fruit and mm-hmm. go grab it quickly. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing we've not done a good job of in our office is mining the acre of diamonds. That's something that we're, we are utilizing Donna to try to really get in there, find, find out. Let me tell you something we're doing right now. I'm just pulling my pants all the way to the ground today. We're, we're using Donna because Donna has that centimeter score. 
So anybody that has a centimeter score in our agency from 100, which is the absolute best you can have, down to about 75, those are the people that we're looking at at cross-sell opportunities, which show up in Donna for every customer, right? You know, we have a potential uplift in our agency of like $11 million in premium through through cross-sell opportunities. Well, who's the person that's most likely to buy another product from you? And it's going to be that person with a high centimeter score. That's right. They they already like the agency. They already like what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you take a person, say his name's John Stevens with a hundred centimeter score, a 95 centimeter score. You look at his profile and what products in Donna it says he needs and call that guy and say, Hey, you know, you've already got your insurance. We love you. We appreciate your business. We, you know, we, we've got some new technology that, you know, is telling us that there's some other products here. We think you might be interested in. Usually they're glad to hear from you, happy to hear from you. And I I just feel like those are probably the people the most likely to to buy something else from you. Did y'all see the tweet that I put out about the guy who, Broke the personalized record at our agency. No, I did. Oh, I did, yeah, 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 I did, I did, I did. Yeah. yeah. So he came. So he came and worked for us and didn't even know what he was going to be making. We didn't even have his structure set up yet. So he comes in my office once a month, and we look back at the month before and what I wrote, and he calls those people. How simple is that? Wow. So simple. How simple is that? How simple is that? He's parlaying your commercial sale into getting their home and auto. And I'll tell you too. Talking about recession-proof stuff, I think high-end personal lines is somewhat recession-proof. Because mm-hmm. unless they're losing their job and going bankrupt, they're not canceling their insurance. You're talking about well, like uh, like wealthy, like high net worth, not yeah. not or not necessarily high net worth, just your better personal lines client. Right. All they're going to do in a recession is take yeah. the money out of the safe and go buy a bunch of rental houses. Right. I mean, it's just going to be more insurance. I mean, they're rich. Rich get richer in recessions. There's a reason why they're rich. It's because they're good at making money. That's it. Dude, I appreciate you getting on the podcast with us today. We're going to jump off this thing, okay? Thank you, brother. Enjoy yes, the Chick-fil-A. Sir. I've hey, heard it's a good restaurant. It is pretty, pretty good. Uh-oh, that told us something right there. Yeah. He's that, not where Chick-fil-A is. So oh, be- we've narrowed it down, commercial insurance guy. Hey, best media. For those of you listening, Scott has uh, got a Chick-fil-A cup in front of him. Yeah, best mediocre chicken sandwich in the business, Chick-fil-A, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, commercial insurance guy, before I shut it down, how do they reach out to you on Twitter? Uh, I'm at some insurance, so at S-O-M insurance. But I, I believe if you search commercial insurance guy, that comes up too. So I, DM me. I there DM back. There you go. Hey, guys, as I end every podcast, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today. Go out into the big, bad world, build relationships, figure out what you need to do to live the life that Bradley Flowers and I know that you deserve to live and to have the freedom that you deserve. Go write good business for the agencies that you represent and write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, man. Thanks, commercial insurance guy. Thanks, guys. You guys rock. Keep it up. Brother, we'll see you on Twitter and uh, hope you uh, hope you reach $100,000 in revenue in freaking August, brother. That's I'm going to do it, it? This ain't no hobby, baby. I know. I know. That's right. I know you said October, but I'm hoping August. I'm Let's hoping do it. August. Guys, you were, you were listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we love each and every one of you. 
Thank you so much for being a part of our family. And we'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at scott at iprotectinsurance.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to portalinsurance.com or email him at bradley at portalinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening to our show and being a part of our family. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on the next episode of the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care.